hard to do <laughs> welcome back to restless uh. it's time to break up well actually just talk about breakups you know so one of our most popular episodes was our episode on dating that got downloaded uh multiple hundreds of times by our adoring fans that's you who are listening and so uh, we wanted to follow that up with kind of the the dark side of dating which is how do you end a relationship because all of us have had experience with that like it or not good bad and ugly Anyway, I'm Father Joseph for Restless, and I'm here with Carmelina and uh, Lauren, as today we're going to share some, some ugly stories, but also some stories of how to break up well, you know, and how not to ruin the other person's life when it's time to move on from a relationship. And the truth is, all relationships, whether they're good or, you know, if they're good, you know, if a good boyfriend-girlfriend relationship leads to marriage, if it's really God's will... But if it's not, part of the purpose of dating is to discern what, what God's will is and if it's God's will for you to marry this person. And if it's not, then you have to let him down easily, right? So Lauren and Carmelina, have you guys uh, had breakups in your relationships? Yes. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a common experience. I don't know too many people that have married the first person they've dated. That's true. You know? I mean, there's several, actually. Uh, Do you really? Yes. That's awesome. It's it's very good. It's a lot of pressure. Did they meet like when they were young, old, or uh, mostly in college or right after college? Okay. Um, you know, they just never decided to date. It's most of my very conservative friends that mm. that's kind of happened to. So, I wonder if that's a blessing. It is. I mean, with those friends, I've got I've gotten to follow kind of their journey from their singleness to engagement to marriage, and I mean, it was just so grace-filled and it's really awesome. beautiful to see mm -hmm. yeah so not the norm but yeah if if i may be so bold to ask mm -hmm. when did you start dating like high school high school yeah high school. i was 16 17 okay mm -hmm. i was in middle school i thought that was like that's what everyone did weren't you homeschooled so <laughs> how did you meet girls today people often ask that yes i was homeschooled but we got together once a week with our homeschooling group to do different things. Uh, roller skating was a popular one. We went to roller rinks. How cute. It was really cute. Yeah. And, and you know, other stuff. And, and there was this girl named Jessica. And uh, I had my sister do some recon for me to find out if Jessica was into me. Nice. And Jessica was, apparently. So I was like, all right, I can take this risk and ask her out. Of course, when you're in eighth grade, you don't actually go out anywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was just kind of saying that you had... A girlfriend. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, the popular thing. So your parents were okay with that? Yeah, my parents were actually really chill with that. I was kind of surprised. And for your sisters as well? Oh, my sister started in like seventh grade. Because hmm. she dated the brother of the girl I dated. Okay. Oh. Yeah, we'd like go on double dates actually. <laughs> that was kind of fun. We were like Middle friends. school love? Yeah, the problem was there's a third. there was a third sister in that family. She, was, she always felt left out. And your brother wasn't into her? Or the age difference? The age difference, yeah. Okay. She was an older sister, and my brother was like four years younger than me, so. Mm, I see. Yeah, so things got a little awkward. But. <laughs> well, I didn't start dating until after college. I guess there's something wrong with me. I don't know. No. You're just, you're just choosing. <laughs> no one you're was waiting in, for the right guy. No, no one was into me, so oh. that didn't happen. But it was also fine. I, it wasn't, 
I don't know. I guess I did wonder somewhat because you're like, hmm, all these other people are dating, you know, and there, there are always people that seem to go from relationship to relationship, right, without really any gap. And you're like, how are they with somebody again? You know, and like I've still met no one. I mean, that's basically been the story of most of my life. But <laughs> it's oh, no. it's also totally fine. Like I'm very happy, fulfilled, single person, you know. So it's not something that I need. It's not something that I'm like desperate for. You know, and I never was. Um, it was more like, well, that'd be nice. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, if this guy that I've been liking for four years would finally like me back, that'd <laughs> be nice. Like I had one elementary school crush. My cousin knows his name. One middle school crush. Actually, middle school, was no, there wasn't really anybody in middle school. One high school crush. One college crush. So I just liked these guys for extended amounts of time from afar, you know? I can tell you as a guy that a lot of times guys really do like girls and are just too embarrassed to ask them out, which is bad, but it's the truth. So Yeah, there is a lot of fear around that, Yeah, especially when you're young. Yeah, because right. nobody wants to be rejected. But going back to what you said, Lauren, earlier, for anybody that might be struggling this while they're listening, you know, it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of the relationships that you have, right? And I think that, you know, so many people are caught up in, social media to kind of see the idealized version of all of these married couples, especially the age that we are now where many of our friends are either in serious relationships, engaged, married, and some have children already. And it's okay. Like if there's some women out there who just aren't there yet, you know, God's journey is, is unique for everybody. And, you know, it's better to wait and find the right person through prudence and prayer and perseverance and patience if that's God's will, rather than jump into something that might not be the right fit um, because you're feeling societal pressure. So that's so true. Mm -hmm. that's so true. There's no shame in being single as you're truly discerning. Absolutely. Absolutely. At the same time, I think you need to be courageous, mm -hmm. you know, because because there are a lot of guys. I, it's so funny because, you know, in the young adult group here in Stanford, I hear the women come to me and say, there's, there's no good, good Catholic guys. I can't find them. And then the guys come to me. There's no good Catholic girls. I can't find them. I'm like, do you want me to play matchmaker? I yes. mean, I can if you'd like. Yes, I mean, Father. Yes. You're currently taken, Carmelina. But. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> so in your relationships, when it, it was clear to end it, like, I mean, we're talking about one of the topics in this, this episode was ghosting. And what is ghosting? That's kind of a new term. Is it new? I don't recall it being like five, more than five years old. Oh, okay. I feel like that was very... A very something that was thrown around a lot when I was in college, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like at least 10 years old. Mm. Oh, really? Oh. I think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah, people would talk about it a lot. But I, I think, you know, when I think about ghosting, and I, I, really, I really haven't had much experience with this in my life, but when I see it kind of happen amongst my friends, I think it's when you're in a relationship with someone, right? It can be dating or non-dating, and either you or the other person just ends it for no reason, without contact, just ends communication. But I think there's another part to that where the person who didn't end it doesn't know why or they would prefer to continue the relationship. That's the tough part. Right. Yeah, when you just don't know why. There's no closure. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ghosting is essentially falling off the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoever it is you're in the relationship with or even people do this in friendships. People do this with jobs, mm -hmm. apparently. Mm, yeah. Just... Don't come back and never say anything. Right. That's strange. You know, I mean, breakups are hard in a relationship, but I really don't get, I mean, in the texting world, 
right? Is it really that hard to just say, hey, I'm sorry, but I don't want to continue dating? Yeah. Like a very simple short text just that sends the message so that the person on the other end isn't wondering where you are or panicking, right? Because sometimes people go to this extreme of like, he must have been in a car accident. He could be in the hospital. (laughs) Did he die? And they're doing whatever they can to figure out what happened to this guy or this girl, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of funny. But I mean, it's really traumatic and it's so unfair. Like, why do that to somebody? I'm, I'm probably guilty of doing that in friendships at times because... When I moved up to Connecticut from Maryland, I had a lot of friends from Maryland who wanted to keep in contact, but I, I kind of just wanted to start a new life in here, here in Connecticut and get to know new people here. And, and so they were taking up a lot of time and sending me emails and, and phone calls and texts. And sometimes I was just like, and I tried to be, I tried to actually respond and be like, hey, you know, I, I appreciate your thoughts, but I'm like, you know, a new life. But I wasn't sure how to say that yeah. without insulting them. That does sound tricky, but I think that's natural for all of us, right? I mean, I don't know. I remember in college, freshman year on the dorm, I really bonded with this kid who was like a sophomore and he played track and I just liked him a lot. Like he was a fun guy. And uh, I was like, Curtis, like, I'm going to miss you next year. Like he was moving off campus and he was like, oh, you'll replace me with another friend. (laughs) I'm like, what? But like that kind of stuck with me. There is some truth to that, to like where you are like where you're living, what your activities are, where you're working, whatever it is, you're in a group and that group is like serving you and you're serving them. But then you move on to something else, whether it's physically moving to Connecticut or your next job or you're moving off campus and other people come in and fill that gap. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it is hard to balance the old with the new. Like we all only have so much time. Right. Right. You know, I've moved around a lot. I'm in my fourth assignment in eight years of being a priest. Wow. And I've, you know, when I, when I always leave an assignment, I kind of pray about it. I'm like, God, who do you want me to stay in contact with? Because there are, I do still have friends from my first assignment eight years ago, but not that many. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the first couple of years I had, you know, I kept more friendships and then I met more people down here in Stanford. And I, so I lost more Bethel friends and it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's like, how do you, how do you, how do you make the break quick and easy? So in your experience of like, particularly like dating relationships, were you the one who broke up with your boyfriends or were you the one who got dumped i've been in both situations i think looking back at them you know it was i think it was for the best whether you know life happened or you kind of grow up and mature out of the relationship right you realize you have different values i think that's just kind of a part of life so i've been on both ends and you know neither of them are are easy right you're kind of stuck with the same sort of feeling of like you don't you don't want to hurt someone, right? Um, unless they did something very bad to you. Maybe maybe someone does want to hurt the other person. I don't know, but I know <laughs> usually not. Yeah, right. So um, the situations I was in, you know, you don't want to hurt the other person, but you also know that it might be better for them to end it in the first place. So so yeah, that's kind of been my experience. Is there a method you found to ending relationships that works well for you? <laughs> I would say I'm no, I'm not a good person to ask. <laughs> right. I, I mean, my my dating history is not very extensive. So, um, yeah, I'm only speaking from like one experience. So but I think in general, just, you know, kind of as we get older, we learn from what we see and what we do and what we observe in others around us. And I'm really just in the the vein of you know, trying to, you can never be too kind to someone, right? Even if there's hurt in a relationship, not even just with dating or 
but also with friendships too, right? But I wonder if you can be too kind in the fact that maybe they won't get the hint. You can be kind, I think, but direct as well, mm. right? And I think kindness also comes with. from being honest. Like you have to be to be honest with someone. For example, just to be more practical, I don't think text is necessarily the best way to handle these types of things, right? I think maybe a phone call or maybe an email if you have a lot to say. Mm. But I don't think that text is the best way of communication if you're going to end, especially a, a relationship. Yeah, I think that might be a cop out or ghosting. <laughs> ghosting, yeah. I was the one who was dumped in both of my Aww. relationships when I was younger. Yeah, I, I kind of deserved it, you know. What because, did you do? Well, I, the these girlfriends wanted me to call them all the time. This is before texting, of course. Mm. And so I was like, I mean, I didn't. I was homeschooled. I didn't have that much to say. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was a quiet guy and had a lot of other hobbies. And and they're like, you need to call me every day. I'm like, I've got I've got a life, man. <laughs> We're in eighth grade. Like, what <laughs> what are we going to talk about? You know, and so she's like, I need someone that's going to meet my emotional needs. Well, yeah, I guess it's not me. I that's don't think that story that ends. I think that continues into adulthood. That In what way? Just the feeling that women have sometimes of maybe men needing to meet their emotional needs. I feel <laughs> like that's a very typical like complaint. Oh, general. yeah. And I've certainly heard, you know, oh, women are so clingy. You know, like exactly what you're saying. This girl wanted you to call her every day. I would never do that or want to do that. But I've always been kind of unique, I think, and not like what the generalization of women is. And I don't want to generalize because I know I myself do not fit it. But at the same time, there's some truth to it, right? <laughs> like women have a lot to say or they want to talk and men don't always want to talk. They don't have much to say. Maybe they're not good on the phone and they just don't like to be on the phone at all. That's for sure. Right. I, I hate being on a phone call. Yeah, you have to know people's love languages. You have to know, you have to find the best way. I mean, that's what a relationship is, right? It's not just about you. It's about you and the other person. That's why you make it work, right? So you have to figure out, you know, what's going to make them feel loved. And maybe if someone's a talker and the other person is not, maybe talking at them on the phone for three hours isn't going to, you know, be very productive, right? I think yeah, they need to find a middle ground. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it was from the five love languages, they talk about how oftentimes one person in the relationship is like a pond in terms of how much they have to say and mm. they want to share. And the a other pond. person might be like the little stream <laughs> and they have like barely anything. So the pond can kind of flow into the stream, like give the stream more and the pond kind of gets smaller over time. Oh, okay. Over time. Kind of balance it out. But it takes Maybe. time, you know, because when two people come in off the bat, they are how they are. Like you said, everyone's yeah. different. Right. Well, the second girlfriend I had when I was a sophomore, she would call me and I could put my phone down and take a nap and grab a oh snack. Oh my gosh. And come back 20 minutes later and she wouldn't even know I was gone because she'd been talking the entire time. Oh my time. gosh. <laughs> that is so funny. She was a talker. Oh my goodness. Wow. And she wasn't looking for any kind of affirmations from you either. I could, well, I mean, sometimes you just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, continue on <laughs> with what I was, I was doing. <laughs> I felt bad about that, but. <laughs> I think that's that justified. That I don't know. Didn't last very long. Yeah. For the best. Well, it's definitely for the best. In my case, I could say I've definitely been on both ends. I certainly struggle with ending a quote relationship because I often date people, right? Like going on dates, <laughs> spending time hanging out. And that's when you're like, hmm, all right, is this person for me or not? And oftentimes they're not in mm. most of my cases. 
which I've kind of noticed. I feel like a lot of Catholic people, they're like automatically dating. And I'm like, how did that happen? Like you just met. Mm. But that's not been my experience. You know, it takes some time to get to know somebody. Right. Well, there used to be that distinction between dating and going steady, right? Going steady. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, people my parents' age tell me that, you know, it wasn't uncommon for Johnny to have take Susie out on Thursday night and Lucy out on Friday night and Mary out on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't weird. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can't do that. If you're going out with Lucy, like forget forget anybody else, right? Yeah, I think that's what I want to be doing right now. It's, it's kind of like speed, well, almost multiple like speed, people. speed dating, yeah. but a little slower. I've reconnected with somebody, but we're not together. We're not dating officially, <laughs> you know, because of him. Um, so then it's like, okay, well... Time to date other people, date around. It's not so easy, though, either. Like, the dating app thing, it's like, sure, you can find connections, but there's nothing there. Like, you're... It's not very You deep. maybe have a, a profile to read. Some are so limited in what they say. So, first, you have to figure out, are you just here for hookups? Pass, no thanks. You know? Yeah. There's that. Like, what do you want out of this? Um, what are your goals? Kind of, like, are you looking for marriage? You are? Great. Okay. Are we compatible? But it's kind of just awkward to like go through that and like you might text for a day or two, but then it's like, eh, I don't really know this person. I don't really care. Like I'm living my life as you said. So yeah. anyway, it's it's even just hard I found to get from matching with somebody to even finding it worth it to go on a date, to actually go out and meet up. Mm. But anyway, so... I do the dating thing, you know, I'm hanging out with someone, spending time, getting to know them, we're going on dates, it's leading towards a relationship, and then it kind of just fizzles out, that's what happens a lot, so the fizzling thing is pretty easy, it's kind of mutual, you both just stop talking to each other, you know, but I had one instance where I tried to end it with somebody over the phone, and the result of that was that we were going to talk more. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the exact opposite of what I wanted. Oh, no. (laughs) But but it didn't last much longer. Like, it wasn't right. So it worked itself out. But it can be awkward. You're like, how do I say this? You know, like, you don't want to hurt their feelings, but you figured out it's not right. So, I mean, it's to their benefit that you just let them know that, right? Otherwise, you're wasting their time or you're leading them on, you know, and those aren't good things. But that brings up the next question is how do you take it when do you take it personally if you're rejected and, and not just in, in a romantic relationship, but are you when you're rejected from a job, when you're rejected from, you know, whatever the team, do you take it personally? I think initially, absolutely. It's it's hard not to take it personally. Right. When if you're in a dating relationship, I'm sure like most people have shared their life with someone in some capacity. Right. Like you know, their deepest secrets, maybe, or their their dreams and their aspirations. And that vulnerability creates an emotional connection. So in a dating relationship, it, it could feel like they're rejecting you entirely, right? And, and that's hard, even if it wasn't very serious. So I definitely empathize with people going through that. Also in a, in a work relationship, it's, it's hard as well. And especially also in a friendship too. So it's hard initially to um, not take it personally. But I think as time goes on, maybe red flags, you'll, you'll notice red flags that came up in the past, or you can understand the situation from the bigger picture, right? Like, 
maybe there was just a better candidate and it had nothing to do with you. It just they had a completely different set of experiences or, you know, maybe the other person just wasn't right for you and you didn't realize it until they actually ended it. And even though it hurts, it might be for the best. So initially, yes, but I think, you know, time heals most wounds. So, yeah. Well, this is, I mean, in God's plan, everything is for the best. Absolutely. He brings good out of every situation, but still it stinks. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Of course, it's like a sting, you know, ouch, I'm not wanted anymore. And for the relationship side, I would share that um, my first relationship was when I was 24, someone I met through Ultimate Frisbee, my sport, you know, and it was really like casual and we didn't live near each other. We were two hours apart. So we were just meeting up to play tournaments together, which was super fun. And then he wanted to date me, you know, more seriously. And I'm like, eh you know, it's okay, whatever, this is good. But then I came around, he invited me to a wedding and I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to be your girlfriend, you know, for this wedding of your friend. So then we dated a couple months and like right when I finally got comfortable with saying my boyfriend, he dumped me. Oh like, no. The, <laughs> the next month. Oh no. Yeah. Oof. So that one hurt. Yeah. I mean, I think I was sad for three days and then like in a little funk for two weeks. But after that, I was over it. Which I would say is pretty that quick, is pretty right? Fast. That's very fast. Yeah. But that's like how I am. Like I can, I can pull my, the emotions out of it. Like it definitely hurt. It didn't feel justified. Like we were getting along. We were having fun together. Um, but he was seven years older than me. So 32, but the age I'm about to be. And uh, <laughs> wow, more serious. Like over the hill. <laughs> about uh, 36. Like, marriage and like family life, you know. And so I, he decided that I wasn't that future partner. Mm. So he had to move on. So it hurt at the time. But within two weeks, I was like, mm, yeah, no, he wasn't the guy for me either. Yeah. And then our friendship kind of came back after some time. And then he invited me to his wedding. Well, that's I'm really very nice. proud oh, to say. Really? Yeah, because people don't, you know, stay friends with people who dump them. But yeah. I did. I liked him as a friend. You know, he was a funny guy. Like we got along. All that stuff. We like check in with each other, even still. Like we we live two hours apart, but we always chatted on G chat and so still I'll G chat him. Dan, I'll just bother him, you know. It's just <laughs> funny. Um <laughs> That's how I like picture myself saying it every time I chat him. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean it was great to go to his wedding. Like all that's in the past, you know. And I was really happy for him. That's they have awesome. a baby who's almost one. So now I ask about his son all the time. How's he doing? You know, great, Lauren. That is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot of people, though, end up with a lot of anger. Right. Oh, at the end of relationships. Definitely. So, I mean, what? I guess they must be taking it very personally. Sure. Or feeling wronged or mistreated. I mean, there's certain things, right? Like if you are cheated on, that's pretty severe. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's totally reasonable to figure out, like, this person isn't right for me, you know? And, I mean, I've had to do that with people, too. Again, it's been more casual. and just said, hey, you know, I'm seeing this more as a friendship. You know, it was great to get to know you. Wish you the best kind of a thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't know. But some people are so sensitive over that. Or they take it so personally. It's like, it's really not anything about you. It's like our compatibility. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's so important. I, I remember reading a quote, and I can't remember where it's from. I just Googled it and still can't find it. But the quote Rats. said, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what use is Google? I can't find what I need. It said, it said uh, 
it, it was actually talking about, I think, uh, employment or minister, like working in the church, and said, you know, a good person in the wrong place produces mediocre results. Hmm. Mm. And it struck me because it, it makes me realize that if you're just, you could be the right person, you're just in the wrong place. And that's true for relationships, it's true for jobs, it's true for whatever situation that it's not a rejection of you if you get fired, if you get dumped, if you get ghosted. It's just not the right place for you. Absolutely. That is so important because it's so easy to get, you know, I think bitterness as a result of broken relationships or disappointments in life, I mean, those can hold us back from our future and from seeing things that are actually right in front of us. So, you know, I've, this is something that I've definitely tried to teach myself over time because we've all faced disappointments in relationships or jobs or situations, but it's just so important to do your best to continue to move forward and to continue to strive forward. And because at the end of the day, the bitterness is like bitterness towards someone else for a faulted relationship, regardless of whose fault it was, that's like you drinking poison, right? It's only hurting you right, and preventing you from really living out to your fullest potential. So yeah, seeking healing and moving on from, from all things is, is so critical. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you don't, right, like if you don't break it off early, it's only going to get harder Absolutely. as you keep going along. And I don't know the statistics for, let's say, divorce rate after a year, but I think it's actually pretty common. And uh, people get caught in this trap of, you know, start dating. Okay, now they're in a relationship move in together because that's what all these people do nowadays. And once you're living together, it's like, oh, but we bought a couch together. <laughs> you know, like, well, I can't end it now because of that couch. And like, I'm making fun of it, but <laughs> there's a book called The Defining Decade. It's about 20s and how like your 20s is now this young adult period, right? And it's kind of, you know, things have changed over time. Like our parents' generation, it was like marriage and family and work right away. But now we kind of have this extended youthfulness that we can live out date multiple people travel and it's just changed how we grow up and what we do and um it's a great book actually i recommend it to anyone in their 20s but she uh the author is um a psychologist that's worked with young adults for years and so that story of well we had a couch together was from a woman who got married and got divorced a year later and you know that divorce happened and she's like how did i get here you know but it's like people are fooling themselves by staying into a relationship that's not right. Well, that's the other thing is that when you are in any relationship, you have to be able to just kind of sort your emotions out of it and look objectively at whether this is a good relationship. And that's hard because oftentimes we do get starry eyed. Oh, he's the most handsome thing ever. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Okay, fine. But is she someday those, that beauty is going to fade? You know, can you look objectively and say, is this the right, actual right person for me? And that's why I think it's helpful to talk to your parents about it and other siblings and friends. Because if everyone's like, yeah, I'm not seeing this. You're like, no, 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 trust me. It's great. It's great. You might want to listen to their advice. Oh, that's so common too, right? The whole family's like, why is she with this guy? Yeah. But then there's also this other side where no one ever wants to say anything. Because usually the person in the relationship will become so defensive, True, true. It's such a balancing act. So That's why we have to be humble enough to take our, our uh, well, wisdom. I, th I think that's a, a root virtue of this whole episode, right? If you get dumped, that's humiliating. Yeah. It just absolutely is. And we all want to avoid humiliations at all costs. But 
You know, you if you have the Catholic faith, you know that those humiliations are good for you. Yeah. Right. They'll help you grow spiritually. Sure. So just take it in stride. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. Here's my challenge for you. If you've been dumped, if you've been rejected, if you've ever found yourself in a situation where you feel like you're not worth anything, just remember that you're a good person, a good man, a good woman, just maybe not in the right place or with the right person. And God has a plan for you. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be beautiful. It's for your salvation and your sanctification. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. See you next time.